0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who's the deputy chairman of Sasfin Securities in Johannesburg. David, when I woke up this morning, there was so much news. I was bombarded with so much stuff. I mean, the untimely death of Kirby Bryant and his daughter in that helicopter crash, which was an intensely personal thing, particularly for people in the United States or America. Then there was the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz which I thought about you when I was, when I was watching because there's lots of accounts of people, you know, people in their 90s. And I thought to mm, myself, mm. in 10 years' time, there's going to be nobody that can talk about That's, this. So, like, no. in, in two or three years' time, mm. there will be nobody left mm. to talk about the Second World War. And I thought, we've got to keep this alive. And then there was the coronavirus. Mm. But going back to the Auschwitz thing, I mean, do, do you have people that have touched your, your life and your family's life that were involved I, in that? You, di- you know, my, in, in my wife happened.
1: is not mm. personally, no, no. My my um, grandparents came from Lithuania. Yes. So uh, they came at the turn of the last century during the Boer War that era. No, so not personally, but um, my wife is very involved now in the Holocaust Centre. They call it the Genocide Centre now in uh, Johannesburg, which has opened recently, and uh, yes. um, they have uh, they have weekly or um, seminars and um, talks and that. And a lot of the survivors, there are still some survivors here. Now, the survivors are are, uh, are people who were young at that stage, who went in as, as almost teenagers. Well, not or even, even younger, younger than younger, that. Yeah. The, yeah, the chap I saw mm-hmm. this
0: morning on the BBC was 11 yeah. when he was interned. Yeah, right. And because he was fit, he was then therefore deemed to be able to work. And he said he spent three years there digging graves.
1: because he was young and fit. The story is horrific. The stories are horrific and how it affected people. I don't think any of the people who who spent their lives in Auschwitz or any other camps ever came out normal. I put normal in inverted commas. And it's only now that they're starting to talk out and I think that um, a lot of these centers or uh, museums, I don't know what you call them. they don't want to call them museums um, because their awareness centers are there to keep it alive and to make sure that genocide or that kind of nature never happens again. And, you know, throughout history, I mean, uh, the the uh, murder of the Jews was one of many genocides that's taken place. Rwanda was another one. Exactly. Now um, there, there are many there, and uh, generally they all follow the same kind of course in that. But it's um, it's and and I know that they had talks at in Yad Vashem, which is in Jerusalem, and Prince Charles spoke. Uh, Putin was there. Uh, Mike Sp- uh, Spence. So um, what is important is that it's kept alive and it's never allowed to happen. Um, Lindsay, I must say one of the things at the moment that is worrying uh, the Jewish community is that anti-Semitism is on the rise again. You've seen it in Europe. We've seen it in the UK. And it all follows the same kind of pattern, the dehumanization of people and and so on. So I I think from a community point of view, the Jewish community is globally very, very concerned about the rise, the rise of neo-Nazism um, that we're seeing at the moment. But it's these your- centers help correct people you know health and the more publicity you get you know the more you're able to address these issues
0: but anti-semitism always, has always been there but unfortunately it's the rise yeah. of the right-wing political parties yeah. that has sort of encouraged them they're not they're not going out mm. there and overtly saying why well, we don't like the jews we don't like black people no, we don't I like this it's, it's just that people pick up on their hatred and mm. i have to say that yeah. there are people at the top of the world's greatest democracies that are, aren't doing much to stop this mm-hmm. if you see what but. i mean
1: no i know it's it look it's a worry and the communities uh try their best to you know to stop this hatred and it it, it bridges um you know it, it, it's not only jews it's uh um, it's, it's it's many other religions as well look in india as well i mean you've you see what's happened now where uh Modi is now starting to he's giving what is it citizenship to to uh I think, to to Hindus all around the world, I think, and to, to maybe other religions, but not Muslims, you know. Yes, that kind exactly. of attitude. So the, I don't know. I don't know Indian politics at all, but I find it rather surprising that these, you know, you're getting these kind of issues.
0: Yeah, well, and of course the Nobel Peace Prize winner that was in The Hague recently was yeah. was there under scrutiny because of the persecution of the Rohingya well, Muslims. In, yeah, in, yeah. And, and then, of course, the Chinese who yeah. blatantly built camps in order to, I don't know, desanitize or just no. obliterate these people's beliefs. It's it's going on if, all the time. If, yeah. And don't forget Syria yeah. as well, David. I mean, we're getting a bit political no. where I am, rather. Uh, no. But Syria no. Syria has been subjected to genocide for, I don't know, how many no. years
1: is it now? Seven, eight years? It <laughs> keeps going now. Yeah, I listen. It's. It's. I'm not an expert on this. I just. Uh, I watch from this. I don't want to say I watch from the sidelines, but I'm concerned from the sidelines. But uh, um, it's troubling because you never. You never understand the source of this hatred and uh, uh, mistrust. I, you know, I, I've always, to be honest, I've always lived in peace in South Africa. I've. Um, yes. In, when it's come to religious freedom, I've never. You know, and and to be honest, I've never suffered from any anti-Semitism. Yeah, ignorance, yes. <laughs> you know, ignorance, know. sure, but not uh, blatant anti-Semitism.
0: In that case, we should move on now to uh, <laughs> yes. something else which, which which has happened, which which is an unusual event, uh, David. Uh, because when I woke uh, up, well, I was watching uh, the CNN coverage of various news events last night at about one, two o'clock in the morning, your time. I saw the Kobe Bryant story unfolding. And then I looked at my S&P screen, which opens at around about midnight, S&P futures, and they came in down 30, 35 points. Normally what would happen these days is that the algorithmic traders and the machines come in and they buy them back because that's been the pattern of the last 11 years or so by the dips. Now we've gone from down 35 to down 53 on the S&P futures, 20 minutes ahead of the opening as we pre-record this podcast this looks a little bit different and people are saying to me well if the the, the the coronavirus is an excuse but i don't know it, it doubles every day the number of people mm. and if it carries on like this with 50 million people now with travel restrictions and president g saying this is a
1: crisis this is a problem suddenly it's it could be a problem it's probably too early to panic Although everybody is panicking, and people are saying, "Look, I rather panic now and uh, reverse, uh, you know, reverse my trades later." So it's building on itself. Admittedly, I think that markets had run uh, ahead of themselves, and there was the traders were looking for an excuse to sell. But we don't know. You know, we it. It's, it's admittedly confined to China. I don't think it's really spread to the rest of the world yet, although there are cases, but not serious cases. I think most of it is is uh, centered in, in, around China, and uh, that's the concern. What will it do to the Chinese economy? And we're suddenly learning how many businesses have connections to China, whether it's in the airlines, whether it's spending in a consumer spending, whether it's an LVMH or an Estee Lauder or Disney who have got theme parks there. But um, one's got to be, you know, vigilant and 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 just watch where this goes. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to be flippant upon it, you know, I don't, about it. I don't want to just dismiss it. But I think that I'm not taking action yet. But we'll watch very carefully whether or not they can get this under control. If it gets out of control, of course, it can have. In you know, dire circumstances, as we learned in what two hundred three you know with the SARS virus
0: yes, but that was contained. this one seems a little mm. bit more serious because of the the swift action has been taken by the Chinese authorities and also the words of president Xi and It was very interesting because I live in Rotterdam at the moment, and I live on the river Mars and Rotterdam, of course, is the biggest port in Europe, and I think it 's the fourth biggest port in the world, so people are coming in and out and sailors and, and so forth and my, yeah. my local doctor is centred in the Port Health Centre, it's called. And that's where people, uh, sailors come in when they've been on a a two-month trip or something from wherever it is, typically China these days, and they're a little bit sick and the ship's doctor can't treat them, so they come to the Port Health Centre. I was talking to my doctor and he said that this thing is it can be dormant for 2 weeks and he doesn't know whether yes. the, the chinese chap or the taiwanese chap or whatever yes. uh, is infected yeah. so it can spread so easily they just cough on you yeah. or breathe on you and and you've yeah. got it so it's it's I, it can't be contained it cannot be contained
1: yeah. no i think that's the germination is 2 weeks or, and uh incubation sorry and i think that's the you know that's the concern we won't know uh, for a couple of weeks, whether or not it's contained, but I mean, so markets are—you know—markets are under pressure on that. Uh, commodity prices coming down. I just saw the uh, palladium price flick across my screen. You oh, know, yeah? That's down about two or three percent today. It's back at twenty-three hundred. Uh, Brent. Is now below sixty and and so we get uh, commodities falling quite dramatically on our market here the Kumbas and the northerns and the Anglos and Assores all the mining stocks that rely on Chinese demand are taking quite a knock and I would imagine though uh, if you look at European stocks i haven't l- looked at some of the airlines or some of the um you know some of the luxury goods stores they would be under similar kind of pressure, but that's You know, Lindsay, we live like this. This is markets. Uh, you're going to get, whether you call it a black swan moment or black swan incident, they're going to come from time to time. You've just got to work your way through it. But what the longer-term consequences, I can't say. It's too early. I'm looking, caring, 4.5%.
0: Historically speaking, of course, um, it'll it'll mean nothing. It'll be just a tiny, tiny blip on a long-term chart. But um, I know Mm. one thing. One thing is for certain. If the market does go down, Mr. Trump will say it's nothing to do with him, it's to do with the virus. Well,
1: I yeah, well, well, there you are. <laughs> you know, um, that happens. This one, he can't control. You know, he's got no control over this one. And uh, it does highlight just how markets do work. Um, if there was confidence, you know, if there was confidence in the global economy that things were great in the United States, well, it it would reverse. We're going to have our test when we get all the tech results coming through and to see whether that can reverse sentiment or not, or how deep this, these worries are. So I think it's going, to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a very important couple of weeks. Not that any other week is not important, but yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to, to analyze um, results. I think in the meantime, there's a flight into gold and there's a flight into the safety of bonds and so on but uh, i you know i haven't i haven 't taken action yet it 's too early to uh, we 've got a lot of margin from last year in other words um, you know we 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 haven 't been into the market this year, so we 've got still some cash but Mm. Um, I've got to watch and see where
0: this goes. Well, keep watching because um, as we pre-record this interview 15 minutes before the U.S. opening, we've got the Dow Jones futures down 1.6%. Let's have a look now. The FTSE down 2.3%. FTSE down 2.3%. DAX in Frankfurt, 2.6% weaker. Cat Caron in Paris, 2.6% weaker. Tokyo this morning down 2%. And so it goes on. And the Mm. the gold price, which was – in the 1540s last week, has rallied to 1583, up 11, the platinum price, because it's an industrial metal, down 20. Uh, Palladium is now $200 or more below Mm. its highs of 10 days ago that we were speaking about with uh, other commentators on this show, you and I.
1: Uh, So it's a little bit of interest. A little bit. Listen, these are ugly days. I mean, it's because people are, you know, not quite sure what to do. You know, you you don't like it, it. You know one likes good news. You want to be in a market that's going up and where things are happening. Um, but in, you know, what's interesting on our market, Lindsay. What what's the time now? It's after four. Yeah. Um, trade is barely eleven billion rand. Yeah, so there's very little actually going through here in terms of uh, you know uh, uh, trade action. I would have thought that in this case it would be quite a lot, but it's it will probably end up maybe you know with trade towards the end we might get up to 15, 16 billion, which is not heavy. But but the indices look ugly. Yeah, Yeah, we're down about 2.5%.
0: Yeah, it's not good. And Vernon Philander has just come to the crease with uh, South Africa now 239 for six. Uh, Quinton de Kock For six? Yeah, 239 for six Um, now. They were doing so well when um, there um, there were only two down with... um, What was his name? That chap that you like... uh, uh Van
1: Rassie, Dristen, yeah. Yeah, yeah Van, Dristen, yeah. van
0: Dristen, yeah. He's he's a really good good and, good player, but England unfortunately Seth, yeah. are, are doing I mean, decimating your, your your poor team. Oh, yeah. uh, Woolies this morning. <laughs> the only thing I liked to <laughs> the only thing I like to the two things that really caught my eye this morning about Woolies was the more than eight percent, or let's round it off and say eight percent increase in food sales, uh, because they're mm. one of the one, one of the most high quality mm. food retailers in the world. I would say. I mean, outside mm. of places like Fortnum and Masons and Harrods, I yeah. think the Woolies in South Africa is absolutely brilliant. Uh, but <laughs> also. They said, uh, you know, rather belatedly, we're having a look at our floor space in Australia because of on- increase in online sales. Yeah. I mean, they must be five years behind
1: the times. Totally. I, I, you know, the, uh, I mean, when you look at this company, I know, despite the, or just looking at the half year results, um, they're down. Whichever they're going to have to apply IFRS sixteen. That's the common standard now. They're down 15% or 12 15% uh, in, in profits, and, and I argue, uh, Lindsay, I argue profits are down. Why must multiples go up? In other words, why must PEs be up? I, I don't want to buy a company that's losing money or that's sorry, whose profits are diminishing. I must put the right words in. Yes, uh, whose profits are diminishing. Why must I pay 15 times earnings? I only want to pay seven times earnings or six times earnings or five times earnings. You know, that's I, – I can't see things changing dramatically in a positive fashion that, that should make me want to pay up for these shares. And uh, I agree with you on the food side, brilliant. On the merchandising side, not so brilliant. No. If you look at Country Road, profits down, Elizabeth Street, David Jones battling. I know they put in new CEO's. Um, to, you know, to turn the company around. But I think looking at all the retail results, trying to sum up, I still think there's a lot more downside that's necessary. I think that we're still too hopeful on, on where profits are going to go. And, and you know, that's why I'm saying why should we pay up for companies who are not able because of the economy to really increase profits? You know, meaningfully. I'm not talking nominally. Nominally being uh, nominal GDP. You know? there's no real uh, yeah. growth in consumption here, etc. So I think our market, from that point of view, it's taking away the virus worries, still I think on the expensive side.
0: Yeah, the virus worries are a nice little side issue. Um but it is it is real, and it's giving people an excuse. And as I said earlier on in my introduction, the difference with today's action yeah. is that the machines have not come in and taken us from thirty points down on the S and P to unchanged by the close. We're now mm. down very close to our lows, mm. with five ten minutes to go to the opening, down one and two thirds percent. These are big big numbers from a high base. Okay. I mean, one and three quarters, one and two thirds percent down on the S and P, in in terms of billions of
1: dollars worth destroyed. Value is quite a lot. No, it's big. No, it's a big move. And remember, we had this on Friday as well. So I think building on that, uh, I, to, to, to an extent, there's a bit of relief. We've been waiting for that shoe to drop. You know, I mm. say, okay, it's dropped now. I, you know, just, it just seemed uncomfortably high that, that, that it was being pushed up uh, during the early part of the year. You know, we've had a good year. We can understand the turnaround. I think um, we, need it, we need a bit of a breather. Whether it's been brought on by the virus or not, I don't think makes any difference. It just gives us some breathing space now and so, say, okay, correction's taking place. Let's reassess where we are. Um, and you've got money waiting so, in
0: the wings, haven't you? You've got money yes, waiting in the, in yes, the wings. Yes. But how um, long do you wait? When do you start easing this money into a market?
1: When first of all, when this dies down, if it does die down, and hopefully it does, hopefully they get on top of it, and then we then we assess the numbers. You know, I listen. I listen very carefully to the uh, presentations that, not presentations, the interviews that came out of, um, you know, that that came out of Davos, and I was, I, you know, for one side, I took notice. I think. I think, um, ESG, the, uh, I think climate change is going to be a very big subject. Yeah. And I was, I was encouraged by the way that, that corporate leaders are adapting or, uh, um, you know, to the problem. Um, they realize that they can't just brush it aside. They've got to take it seriously. But I also, I think there seemed to be a better view about the global economy. You know, this was, I, I'm not saying it's running away. But they seem to suggest that it was stabilising, and a lot of issues that had brought them down last year uh, were not going to happen. I think another thing that comes through is that um, there's a realisation that governments have to do more; that you can't rely on monetary policy. In other words, you can't rely on central banks to give markets a lift. You've got to governments have also got to come to the party. So against that backdrop, there's a slightly better uh, feeling about where we are. It does. I, we can't see. Inflation is not a problem. Interest rates are not a problem. But I think corporates can, you know, uh, can do something and can produce uh, relatively decent results. Let, I, I have to qualify all of this. I'm not expecting a magnificent year in terms of the stock market. If we get mm-hmm. any positive yields, I'm talking on the U.S., on global markets, you know, 5%, 6%, or something around there, I'll be thrilled. You know, that's. I would pence it against the against what we got last year. I'd be very thrilled with, with um, you know something in the region of five, six, seven percent. Um, simply against this backdrop, which is fine. You know, it's positive, but I wouldn't. Uh, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not positioning ourselves for anything magnificent.
0: OK, David, thank you very much for that. I'd love to talk about football, but it was just the FA Cup and it was a bit, I don't know. I don't watch, no, the, I don't watch, the, I don't watch the FA say Cup Shrewsbury. anymore. I'm sorry.
1: No, you should have watched Shrewsbury. Come on. He has a third division side. In other words, a League One side. I think it's League One. They might even be League Two. Uh, somewhere in the Shropshire, you know the UK very much far yes, better than in, in, I do. in, in
0: fact, um, the, 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 the the local word for for, for Shropshire is salops, uh, salop rather. But anyway, yeah, I know Shrewsbury because they knocked Ipswich Town out in the uh, nineteen eighties in in a big shock. So t- anyway, describe <laughs> why you like it. got a
1: village. Well, you've got a little village green kind of uh, pitch uh, team mm. pitch. And now it was the pitch was fine. You can't. Liverpool And you've got Liverpool's second team. A lot of youngsters there uh, who are being groomed to play in the first team. And you've got this side. And uh, they were quick to to win, uh, to, to go into the lead, Liverpool. And unfortunately, there was an own goal, 2-0 up, and Shrewsbury come back. And believe me, Liverpool got away with uh, murder. They had their chances in that. But Shrewsbury were outstanding. And it was just a wonderful game to watch. These triers, these chaps who yes. I don't know what they get in a week, maybe a couple of hundred pounds a week or something, <laughs> just give them a good run. So uh, credit to them. It's, you know, uh, uh, and it, I promise you it was close. Yeah, but the thing is about
0: the, the – you know what I don't like about it? It's, it's almost as though the, the teams like Liverpool, who want to obviously save themselves for the big money spinners like the, the English Premier League title and the UEFA Champions League, it, it, it's as though they – they try and dilute the importance of the FA Cup, yeah. and that's why I don't watch it. I don't want to see a 16 yeah. year old trainee playing for Liverpool yeah. in a Liverpool shirt when Mo Salah should be playing. And it, it
1: says something yeah. about th- w-
0: what they think of Shrewsbury. <laughs> it's almost disrespectful in a way. It
1: is disrespectful, and towards the end, believe me, they had to bring Mo Salah on. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, without much luck. I know, it is disrespectful. I mean, um, f- from that point of view. I understand that they have to rotate their squads. But, um, you know, next, I think when they get to Liverpool, when they get to the main stadium, i mean, in the replay, <laughs> they'll probably bring the big guns out, just nervous of, of any upset. Although Jurgen Klopp probably says, listen, I've got enough, I've had enough. But yeah. Yeah, they, should be, they should be geared for it. They should have enough players of high quality to actually handle it. But I agree with you. But it was, nevertheless, it, 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 it was great, a great little match. Mm. Can't say that about the other games. No that, <laughs> that was, was all... the highlight. No, that was rubbish. Lindsay palladium three and a half percent down now.: <sighs> Yeah, I'll flatten them down. Gold slightly better. Gold hasn't really responded, eh? Mm. Not a, Nothing brilliant, but I'm looking at some of the lead down 2.7, copper down 2.4. So it gives you an idea of some of the sell-offs that we're seeing in those markets.
0: If you've been long of a market over the last week or so, for example, you're a short-term trader, mm. anything that is up, you sell. I mean, I remember yes. when… The, yeah. the, the big sell-off in 87 came along and, and various other sell-offs since then. It doesn't matter what it is. People say, oh, we should be buying gold because equities are going down. No, because people are selling gold mm-hmm. in order to pay their margin calls. Yes. So it doesn't I, go up as much. And people haven't gone into the gold market long. In other words, it's been in the 1550s just before. Mm-hmm. So there's not a big long position. So I can understand the muted
1: response okay. from gold, if you see what I mean. I think, I think you, got, you, you bring a very important point up that's – when you have markets like this, once they cross a certain point, you start to squeeze traders on margin calls. And that's why sometimes the selling is exaggerated or is so uh, – it, it what's the word? Is so radical. Yes. You know, such a heavy, heavy sell-off. Is that because it is is run by traders? And when you get squeezed, when you get up 10 times and you're getting squeezed, boy – uh you begin to feel it so i you know that's that's exactly what you're saying is is happening at the moment
0: david thank you very much for your insight as always that's david shapiro who's the deputy chairman of sassum securities he'll be back with me tomorrow uh with our resident broker for the five o'clock shadow but that was shapiro world the views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy position